welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Hi everyone, I'm Sue Omenson. In this series, we invite local partners and regional experts to talk about the worldwide issue of conserving our natural environment and what we can do locally to protect the diversity of plant and animal life that is so important to a healthy environment. In this episode, I'm happy to welcome Dr. Doug Tarrant, Chief Curator of the Chicago Academy of Sciences Peggy Notabart Nature Museum. Dr. Tarrant is a biologist who is joining us today to give us some insight into the firefly, which is a wonderful and fascinating insect. Well, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Tarrant. Thank you. At the Naperville Park District, we encourage residents to appreciate fireflies in the summer. And even now, in the fall, we're promoting the practice of leaving fall leaves and twigs in our yards to, um, to provide better habitat for fireflies and other beneficial insects over the winter. So even if it's not firefly watching season, we still are aware of them. So would you tell us um, what fireflies are and what makes them unique? Sure. Well, despite having the word fly in their name, fireflies are actually um, types of beetles. And in North America, there are about 150 species of fireflies. Um, there are even species of fireflies that the adults don't light up. So there's, there's quite a bit of diversity in that group. As beetles, fireflies have a larval stage that looks very different from the adult stage. And the um the larval fireflies are really rather wild looking creatures they really? um uh they they don't fly they look kind of like uh oh i don't know very uh tiny little trilobites with with big spikes uh uh sticking out to the sides um they they look maybe like a mini dinosaur almost oh interesting <laughs> and when you are doing things like uh leaving the leaves and twigs in your yard at the end of the summer it's actually this larval stage that you're offering protection to that's the stage that's out and about now and the larval fireflies are predatory and what they feed on are little tiny snails and slugs and millipedes, really earthworms, really little creatures that live down in the leaf litter. So you are providing habitat to them by leaving leaf litter uh, um, in the sense that you are providing an increased food source for them that way. Interesting. Okay. So do they, what do they do when it gets really cold then? Um, well, like most insects in this part of the world, uh, they have to survive the, uh, the cold winters. And they do that by secreting large quantities of natural antifreezes into their bloodstreams, their, into their body fluids. These natural antifreezes inc include things like glycerol, which is chemically very similar to the antifreeze in your car. Interesting. That is fascinating. <laughs> so they basically li live in the leaf litter um, for the winter, right? That's correct. Okay. Um, in, in northeastern Illinois, most of the fireflies that we have are a species called the common eastern firefly. Okay. And that is going to be active from about the 1st of June into late July, Occasionally, you can see a few individuals hanging on into very early August. So they've got a fairly short 
time frame that they're out here. And then most of the rest of the year, there'll be eggs for a while and then the eggs hatch. And most of the rest of the year, they are these um, larvae. Okay. I'm going to have to find a picture of that and put it on our webpage. <laughs> can I, you send me one? <laughs> I may have one that I can send you. Oh, good. Yeah, I think that's really fascinating. Would you explain like their, their life cycle and why they flash lights? Well, uh, they're flashing lights to attract mates, or, um, or, or actually so that the males and the females can find each other. Okay. And uh, the way it works, the, uh, the ones that you see up flying, those are the males. The females okay. are going to be sitting down on the vegetation. Okay. And the male will uh, fly around and uh, flash. And the flashing is actually a more complex pattern that, than we are able to detect. But the females can detect the specificity of the pattern. So when the female sees a firefly flying overhead and signaling with its precise flash pattern for that species, she will wait a very precise amount of time, a couple of seconds. Okay. And then she will respond with a single flash. And that response indicates to the male that he can then could go down to the female at that point. Now, occasionally there's some deception involved here because there are certain species of fireflies that will respond to the flash pattern of other species. And when the male comes down to the female, she will then um, eat him. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it is thought that... Instead of uh, being primarily a means of getting nutrition, that she is actually getting some of his defensive chemicals. And oh, so that's another okay. thing that the firefly flashes do. Fireflies contain noxious chemicals. And so it's also a signal, much like the uh, monarch butterfly's bright orange and black pattern. Okay. It is a signal that they are uh, distasteful and a signal... For predators to avoid them. Uh, the chemical itself is uh, interesting in that it's chemically very related to toxins that are found in toads. Oh. And this whole class of compounds has a wonderful name that I love saying. They're called Lucy Bufigans. <laughs> that is a great name. <laughs> and um, so anyway, the females of some species are increasing the amount of those that they have by consuming males of other species. Okay. Interesting. Well, <laughs> um, so is there a point at which a female will see a flashing male and then not signal her her receptivity? Um, well, that's that's always um, uh, in this species. The females are really driving the mate choice. She can choose oh, okay. to respond or not to to respond. Okay. So, what is is their role in the ecosystem? Like, can we say they're, they're beneficial insects? They do consume a lot of little uh, organisms that live in the leaf litter. Beneficial is kind of an interesting word because it implies, are they beneficial to us? Yeah. And right. <laughs> um, in fact, they're very beneficial to the ecosystem. They're, they're part of uh, a good, diverse ecosystem will have this level of predator functioning in it. And, and okay. they, they serve that role very well. One of the things about their ecosystems is that if you think about the kinds of things that the larvae eat, snails, slugs, earthworms, they like moist soil. 
Fireflies can be more abundant in, in moister areas. For example, I see them in my yard every year, which is wonderful. You know, I sit out yes. on my porch and watch the fireflies twinkle. I also spend a lot of time at a nature preserve near my house that's a wetland. And if you go there at night in, say, early July, it's amazing. There are far more than there will be around in my neighborhood. And they really like the wetland area there. So they can be a sign of a healthy ecosystem, which is great. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's good. One of the things that they don't like is drought because drought, you know, dries the soil out. And so there's less food for them. So um, this past summer, we did have a drought and fireflies yes. did not have a great year this year. Ho- hopefully, if we have uh, a, a nice rainfall <clears throat> next year, that would help them to recover from from a drought? Yeah, a lot of insects, um, the, the reproduction is, is very different from mammalian reproduction. Mammals tend to produce a small number of young that they then invest a lot of uh, energy into mm-hmm. caring for. Insects produce huge numbers of young, most of which don't survive to adulthood. Mm-hmm. One of the things that that does for them is that it gives them the capacity to very uh, rapidly expand their numbers when conditions are favorable. Oh, good. Well, that's that's nice to know. Um, and that, that relates to another question. Um, it seems like with the climate changing, um, there are some species that, that are disappearing. And what, like with the monarch butterflies, they're there definitely uh, is research showing that they're declining. Is, is that the same with, with fireflies? There is research showing that a variety of groups of insects are declining. And this is being observed in many different parts of the world. This is being observed with many groups of insects. I think that there's no reason to expect that fireflies would respond any differently. Now, uh, in terms of a change in climate, I don't think we're going to be seeing fireflies drop out in the near future here because of temperature. Okay. The reason that I say that is because these species extend fairly far to our south. So, right. you know, they've got that capacity. I think if we see declines, it's going to be more likely as a result of drought frequency. Mm, okay. uh, it really it really was striking this year how low the numbers were relative to the last few years that have had fairly wet summers. Oh, yeah. So in addition then to drought conditions, what are some other threats to their, their population? Well, I think, I think that a change in climate is probably the largest threat at the moment. Loss of habitat is always cited. Uh, yeah. the, good news, the good news for fireflies is that they are fairly adaptable to a lot of the changes that people make in the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, I have seen fireflies many times before on the grounds of the Peggy Notabart Museum right in Chicago. But even more than that, that's in a nice big park. Right. I've seen fireflies uh, just in residential neighborhoods within the city of Chicago. So, uh, you know, this is a species mm-hmm. that has a fair degree of tolerance to a relatively large level of urbanization. Okay. So that's kind of the good news. Yeah, yeah, that is. <laughs> <clears throat> 
here in Naperville, we're a suburban community, and our park district has approximately 2,400 acres of open space and parks. So we're trying to provide as many areas of native plants, you know, and, and natural areas for habitat for pollinators and all kinds of insects, uh, including fireflies. Um, but is there something that homeowners and businesses can do to make it more friendly for fireflies? There are a number of things that, that homeowners can do to um, to help fireflies. As we've already discussed, leaving leaf litter on in your yard is always a good thing. Not having your yard be entirely lawn is helpful. Right. Limiting your use of pesticides is very helpful. Fireflies are insects. If you use insecticides, fireflies are going to be one of the target organisms for right. For those compounds. And I, I also think that decreasing the frequency of lawn mowing a bit can also be helpful. Okay. So if you, you mow, your, mow your lawn every week, maybe moving to mowing your lawn every other week could be helpful for a lot of things, including fireflies. Okay. Uh, how, how would that help them if they're living on your lawn? <laughs> that just lets the litter build up a little bit more. It keeps a little bit more moisture at the soil level, and so it keeps the critters that the firefly larvae eat uh, a little bit more abundant. Okay. At the park district, sometimes we have uh, firefly nights where we go out and observe fireflies, and we like to get kids involved uh, in appreciating them. Uh, is there a safe way to capture and release them, or are there other activities that would be better for kids to learn about fireflies? Well, watching is always good. Okay. If you do capture fireflies to look at them in a jar, which I used to do when I was a kid. so Sure. <laughs> uh, you want to make sure you're not, you know, that you can do it where you're doing it. You're not doing it on a forest preserve district or, or someplace okay. that's protected. But a lot of people are going to be able to do this in their in their yards. Right. right. And, um, you know, you can, if you, if you carefully catch a firefly in a jar in, in your backyard, and you can look at it, you can wait till the next morning, see what they look like in the daytime. And then as long as you don't keep it more than half a day to a day okay. and let it go again, I think, it should, well, and then if you do that, don't leave the jar in the direct sun, you know, that sort of thing. Right, right. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's, that's good to know, because I think that's something that, that kids really enjoy doing. And, um, <laughs> and, and like you said, it's, it's just one of many insects that we need to be more aware of, you know, because insects are incredibly important in our ecosystem, right? And we don't want them to decline. Yeah, insects is also where most of the biodiversity resides. Oh. So uh, if you look at, say, um, one of the park district sites and you total up all of the mammals, all of the birds, all of the fish in the ponds, um, all of the plant species, and then all of the insects. The insects are going to be a larger number of species than all of those other groups combined. Oh, interesting. And that's very typical across a very wide number of ecosystems. Over half of the species that you find will be insects. Wow. Well, thank you so much for this insight. Um, do you have anything else that I didn't ask you that you would like to add? If you want to see fireflies, uh, your best bet is to choose a very warm and sultry night because that's when they're really the most active and that's when you'll have the best chance of seeing good numbers of them. Thank you for listening. 
The Naperville Park District's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. Park Talk Podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District.